Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to Shelf Stories, a channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. And welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Thank you so much for stopping by for uh, part two of my conversation with my good friend, Brant Sanderson from Step Into the Portal. Welcome to back to the show, Brant. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. I can't believe it. I thought maybe I'd be canceled. <laughs> after the last you, one you matched up so well are you kidding me you said we were, it is we were true on the actually same page or similar pages <laughs> I, it's a taste thing right so we talked about endless winter in the last show uh i think we both came away with so much of the same mech uh like revaluations of the mechanisms and like just my taste took me in a different direction it landed right in your taste so you know we're, we're on the same page That's a, that was exactly the read it's like we both got the game but we were on opposite ends of where our, you know, play it again factor were <laughs> on that. So usually, usually this would be reversed for this game that we're talking about now. We're talking about a pandemic game. And I've had so many people <laughs> point out the flaws of pandemic to me. And I'm like, I know what you're talking about, but I don't care. I love pandemic. <laughs> we'll see if that's true for this one. This is a, another iteration in the pandemic line. Uh, Colin did a playthrough in One Stop Co-op Shop that is still getting views. Things up to like 30,000 views or something like that. He had, he had posted it uh, right like before the date. Uh, that it came out because he managed to like bribe somebody at Target or something. <laughs> he, he lives. I've I've actually um I've played with him in yeah. his in his area and he lives like where the like mecca of Target is. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, and yeah. they just like they just had it on the on the shelf. It it is Star Wars the Clone Wars, a pandemic game system. So as you can see if you're watching the video uh show, uh there is pandemic all up and down my left shoulder. Uh and I'm happy to report that I had to go out and get my own copy. Nice. <laughs> Brent is the person that taught this game to me first because I wanted to have him on to talk about it. But it's pandemic. Of course, I'm going to you know, uh, go ahead and grab me a copy. I'll get a couple plays. And I'm happy to talk about uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars pandemic. So you are my uh, gaming wordsmith. Uh, tell the peoples about uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars on the table. Sure. So it's based off of the Clone Wars TV series, um, kind of like the cartoon or, or 3D animated series. Not the movie. And, that was told, do not watch the movie. Yeah, no, that was a little different. Um, yeah, the show's got a great arc, actually, if, if you if you watch it. It's a lot of episodes. <laughs> um, right, seven so seasons you, or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, so you are, you are traversing planet to planet. You are playing as the Jedi of the Republic, and you are trying to, you know, travel through all these planets and protect them from the clone army. Sorry, not the clone armies. You are the clones. Yeah. Uh, from the battle droid armies that are popping up, the separatist armies, if you will. And you're fighting off a villain in each one, and all these battle droids are popping up um, and trying to, you know, control those systems. And meanwhile, your overall objective is to complete a pile of missions. So planets will have these missions on them. You'll need to go there. You'll need to use cards, exhausting cards, instead of discarding sets of cards in order to complete these missions and you can battle of course the um droids on the planets and try to destroy them and when you battle you roll a die which is not a super common thing to the pandemic system uh to see what damage they take and what damage you take as well is kind of the idea and and you're doing that same kind of system in pandemic where you're flipping over planets to see where droids get 
um, played, and then eventually you'll scoop up your discard pile, shuffle it, and put it on top of the deck, which to me is kind of the key element of Pandemic, when you think about Pandemic. So you still have that system, but it has a separate deck that controls one of the four villains in the box, and that deck is the one that will tell you to, you know, kind of reshuffle the deck there, put it, reshuffle the discard pile. Yeah, I mean, every game pandemic has is going to remix the formula, right? And it has that core stuff, has the placement of something bad. <laughs> uh, and it has a, a the the way of making sure that the bad things appear in the same spots so that the the spots that are under threat are constantly under threat. It isn't just like a complete random fest. Uh, so instead of diseases, there's these droids that come out. Uh, so uh, Brad mentioned that your hand of cards, uh, you actually don't have your hand of cards in your hand. You're laying them out on the table. Uh, and you can tap them. Uh, so they, they represent your army or uh, your like helpers and, you know, people along the way. So like they're all named and I have no resonance. I'm not a Star Wars person. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to have to rely on you for a little bit of Star Wars knowledge. Sure. Uh, they're named. So the regular cards are all like troops, I believe. And then the event cards are the characters that you know, like Padme and all these other uh, people that are like, you discard them and, and they're for a big effect. It's like, ooh, you know, uh, this, uh, you know, uh, what Boba Fett or whatever it is has just helped me out by wiping out, uh, you know, the whole squad of uh, people on the- Django uh, Fett. Django Fett. <laughs> Something. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing that the whole time. I remember <laughs> uh, I did a Star Wars Rebellion review uh, with Anthony on the old show. And he's such a big Star Wars fan. And I was cheesing him off. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I still remember it. He was so mad at me <laughs> for messing this up. Anyway, uh, so, okay, yeah. I mean, this is the latest iteration of Pandemic. Uh, so uh, if you have uh, not tuned into the One Stop Go Shop before, uh, the way we review games is that we take our top five things that we uh, think are the five most important things to know in a game. So they can be negative, they can be positive, or they can be kind of a mix of stuff. Uh, but we are going to go five to one, least important to most important, and that is how we review games. Uh, so uh, I think um, I, I like the way we uh, had the thing last time. So, Brent, I'm just going to lead it off with you. I'm going to invite you to give your number five. Awesome. I, I like the game a lot, and there's a lot of interesting things. I have a feeling there's not a ton to this game, especially given that people have played Pandemic, right. if they have played Pandemic. I have a feeling we're going to cross over a lot of on course. these points yeah. um, and whatnot. But my number five would be the villain variety. I thought that was a really cool element, that you've got four different villains in the box. Um, you've got uh, Dooku, Ventress, uh, Darth Maul, and uh general grievous so those are the four villains that you can fight they generally do have a different flavor to them it's not like oh my gosh these two play so totally different but dooku's neat in that he puts the other ones out on the board and then he's like maneuvers them around. uh maybe it's grievous that does that now they think about it one of them maneuvers dooku puts severus ventress out on the board right yeah yeah yeah. so and and maneuvers them around i played a bunch through the different ones i'm trying to remember um, but it's just a neat little element, and then you kind of know what you can control. And then the other part that's a little bit different, which we've seen in some pandemics where they, they kind of have a boss or a main spot, but you can actually remove the villain from the board if you attack them. And when you attack the villain, they go back to their pile, and then cards will say, put them back out. Where do you put them? You put them on the planet that's on the top of the discard pile. Mm-hmm. So they go to kind of a key choke point or whatever, right, for the battle droids, and now they're kind of there in your way messing things up and then they have a deck of six cards as you draw through and you start to kind of memorize those cards which is cool because that is pandemic pandemic is 
memorizing and knowing what's going on. You're knowing the locations that are difficult for you. You're knowing the villain cards that could come up that are difficult for you. And then it's maneuvering your way around them, right? Rather than just randomly drawing them and going, oh, no, I didn't know that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so I really like the variety of villains. I thought that gave it a good flavor and specifically a Star Wars flavor. So I'm going to shake my list up like a snow globe. And I have a feeling that we kind of have the same or similar-ish five points. So I'm going to take one of the, like that point, sure. the point and just stick it at five <laughs> to get it talk about I it. figured that's what would happen. That was my yeah, thought sure. process. That's when one brings up the other's point, we'll just get, roll with it. <laughs> that, that was actually my number three or two or something like that. So, But I'm going to say five here. So this is the villains. I, I definitely um, hear what you're saying about the variety. So this game is a follow-up to the World of Warcraft uh, pandemic system. World of Warcraft being right there. Uh, over my left shoulder. And I really enjoy the World of Warcraft system, but I have to admit that there, um, the villain singular was a thing for people. Like it was one villain and they acted the same. Yeah. And once Arthas. you got Arthas, yes, uh, the, the Lich King. So then once you got to Lich, the Lich King, you opened them up and then it wasn't that exciting. And they didn't really affect the board. I like, got a little bit affected the board, but not really. Uh, Star Wars definitely does a lot to flesh that out. So um, you go in there and, it, and the games do feel different. I think um, is a, there's a trade-off. So the games feel different, but the in terms of the pandemicness, like people are used to like a, a little bit of a smoother time running the bad guy. There's more to run here. So you have, so in the normal game of pandemic, you just, you flip over your city card, you put disease on there and then you're, you're back. Here, you're flipping the, the villain card first and you're doing whatever the villain does. And sometimes the villain doesn't, you know, but sometimes the villain will do something like at the beginning of your turn, sometimes they won't. Uh, so sometimes they move, then you have to flip a card. So it's like, just, and so if you play another villain, you have to kind of change your brain and remember how they work. So right, I right. messed that up constantly. <laughs> oh yeah, this villain should have been moving the entire time. No wonder they're, <laughs> why are they sitting there on, uh, you know, uh, a thac or whatever that pound it is. Oh yeah, they should be moving the whole time. They, the other villain didn't move. I forgot Kashyyyk. that part. Uh, Kashyyyk, thank you. <laughs> It is the Wookiee home planet where Chewbacca's from. That, that is going to – I don't know if Star Wars people are listening. I hope that I'm <laughs> flaming your brain. Right no, now. I want you to keep making mistakes so I can keep <laughs> correcting you. This is fun. Spot the mistake from Jay. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. Uh, so, that's a – I mean, again, that might be good or bad because there's a trade-off. Like, it – I find that when you have that little crunch, as long as it's adding something, then who cares? You know, so if you find that adding that extra villain piece into the enemy turn livens up the game for you that, you know, oh, wow, I can now kind of encounter Dooku or, oh, wow, you know, uh, this 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 um part of the board is now more dangerous because the deck put a bunch of you know monsters there. And so that's cool. But just to think that there is a more to track. Um, what you mentioned before about like you get to know the deck, that became a little bit of a problem for me because I, I found that because it's only six cards, there was a little bit of metagame there. And that's mm -hmm. what you're talking about, right? The, the, the memorizing, yes. right? So it's like, okay, I could kill Dooku now, but they're going to play their card that puts Dooku right back. So then I'm going to sure. hold off on Dooku and then I'm going to do that. Or they already played the card that brings Dooku back. I'm going to kill him now and get like four or five turns where he's not on the board. And that's so that sounds like the kind of thing that a gamer would love. Um, but again, it, I, and maybe it's because I played so much Pandemic <laughs> that it's you know, I, I kind of I like the I like my attention on the board 
and figuring out the board geometry, now my attention is also on this other thing where I'm playing that metagame. And again, it's to taste. Maybe people like it. For me, I, I don't know. I don't know if there was if it offered enough to offset the extra level of complication. But you know, your mileage may vary. When you play regular pandemic, are you not counting the player cards to figure no. out when the epidemics come out? No. <laughs> okay, no. so that's where we are different. I definitely am going. I mean, okay, sort these of, are yeah. going to be you know whatever it is, eight to twelve cards apart. And so mm -hmm. we've drawn six, so we could see it on your turn or your turn or your. So I'm definitely doing that. So that would be a difference in our play, right? Okay. So okay, I'll, I'll I'll hold off on that. So I will say that because I'm seeing some veteran pandemic players out there going, "Oh, this guy doesn't know how to play." Yes, I am keeping track of like if there's two pandemics in a row, then I'm gonna have about four or five turns or whatever it is of like of nothing and that's gonna affect my play. I just okay. So in pandemic you're doing that every four or five turns and then you have that smooth lane here it's basically every turn because you have there's little information that's going to come out all the time that like you i'm going to you know when when do and it's mostly what i find is like when do i interact with the main character when can i take them out and or like what's happening what are they going to do or or all that kind of thing so okay i mean again this is not like good or bad it's just a thing to know so villains a little bit more if you like that little bit more, then sure. <laughs> That's fine. Cool. So we'll flip slide that with Jedi. Okay. So you get, you get my next point is this, you get a variety of Jedi. There's a decent number in the box and they all have miniatures, by the way, we probably yes. should have mentioned that the villains and the Jedi have miniatures. The little battle droids are miniatures. Um, that is why this box is so big. Honestly, <laughs> that is why, uh, cause this game is 60 bucks. The depth of the right? box yeah uh yeah and it's a deep box too so this right. game is 60 bucks and, and pandemic is not usually 60 bucks so that right. is that is not on my list but it's definitely something to kind of think about that like i feel like pandemic is because of these ip games they're kind of pushing the price up and they're pushing the price up not necessarily with enhanced gameplay but with minis and yeah. space in the box that may not be actually true maybe someone's gonna like break down the economics of it but i don't know like i, I mean pandemic i'm used to picking it up is you know relatively way more cheap than this half the price it does make some sense to me though with things that are ip related to have some form of miniatures like oh cool i can see my hero i can see the enemies that i've right. fought or played or watched in the show as opposed to like the cubes being shaped like you know, infections right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like, Oh, cool. Which I think the spe special edition or whatever a pandemic does, but like, Oh, look, I have this miniature of my, you know, whatever, uh, soldier, like generic soldier, right. That doesn't seem feel as big a deal to me, but being Obi-Wan feels like it's cool. Right. <laughs> so I can see that. So anyway, I think, I think there's eight Jedi in the box, but I can't mm -hmm. remember if there's 10, it's somewhere there, but I'm pretty sure it's eight. And some of them have really cool, useful powers. And others, <laughs> <Some of them. laughs> and especially scale-wise, like I right. think Yoda can move any other Jedi. Right. And so if you're going to play this solo, which isn't solo, it's it's two characters, um, he can move the other one, you know? Whereas, yeah. Yeah, right. right, whereas one of them can move two spaces on her own. So... Yeah, the powers vary from like this is really cool. Like, um, you know, uh, Mace Windu can pull enemies into his space. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and Ahsoka does the opposite. She attacks on adjacent planets, which is awesome. And 
I think I think Anakin just gets a free kill or something, if I remember. Something I like that. It says, yeah, this is something really good like that. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. And yeah, the variety is interesting. I, I wish there was a little bit more. Like I feel like it would have been interesting. Oh, in the deck, shuffle in a once per game event for each of the Jedi. Mm. So when they come across this card, mm -hmm. you give it to them and then you just get another card. Mm -hmm. So it's like a free card. And now they have this once ability that they can use that they can hold in their hand. I feel like that would have been giving them a little flavor, or maybe they just start with their power plus a single card they can use one time. And then it's out of the game mm -hmm. just to give a little more flavor on those characters or double side them for, for options. Anakin could have this ability or that ability. They could have made them a little bit more varied. It's not a big deal because you're not relying on that Jedi power to win the game for sure. But I, I think it would have just given a little more flavor, a little more spice, made them feel a little bit more like Star Wars characters and a little less like pandemic characters. Right. <laughs> to me. Uh, so, yeah, I'll definitely have I'll, I'll say that one in terms of the, the Star Wars pandemic kind of mix. Uh, sure. See how that comes off. Uh, but I am going to go to um, the player side. Uh, with my number four, my formula number two, but you you kind of led into a little bit. Uh, not so much the characters themselves, because like you said, they're not as impactful, but the hand of cards. Uh, and for me, that is a clear pro of this game. Uh, yeah. Every single other pandemic game, your hand, your cards in your hand, and discarding your cards is very familiar. Uh, and I'm not going to talk any shade about that because it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a hand of cards, it's classic, you know. So uh, I'm that's that's pretty cool. I love the inner the um, innovation uh, of having the cards on, in front of you. And I actually talked to the designer. I'm going to have a, a the interview will probably air before this airs uh, and kind of talk about that decision. And they said, I see like, how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I already recorded that interview. Leave me alone. Uh, so then the, the what they emerged from early playtesting was that in this game, more than most of the other games, players did not want to discard the cards. Because, you know, they're losing <laughs> people that they are familiar with from the show uh, and they're familiar with from whatever lore that they know about. So it's like, okay, uh, what if we, so that's what the design kind of gears turned as like, what if instead of they discard the cards, they keep them, you tap them and everything. And then the idea of drawing cards. So like in regular pandemic, you draw cards at the end of your turn. That's an automatic thing. In this game, you can call your squad. So you you that's an action, you, you know, a separate action. You draw your card, uh, and you can mold your squad, so to speak. So if like your squad is uh very like attack heavy, but you can't move, then you can draw up and kind of mold your hand and be able to kind of get some mobility going and move and, and all sorts of other stuff like that. And just that 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 twist on the pandemic formula, no other pandemic game did it that way. And hand management is such a core experience in pandemic that i can say because of that this game offers something different on a mechanical level theme whatever we'll talk about the theme uh, but on a mechanical level i think uh, what you're looking at is the villains that extra little level and the heroes how that how the hand management works that's different here so if you're looking if you're wondering is this just reskin pandemic because of those two aspects i don't think so and especially the hand management is a clear pro for me yeah, it's my number two point, so I'll just add into here. But um, it's ju it's just like when you hear the change, <laughs> it's so exciting. It's like the spoiler, which I won't give, at the end of Pandemic Season 1, the first month. Right. They're like, we're changing the game permanently from what you know, right? Right. And you're like, 
I'm here for it. As soon as you hear the change, I'm here for it. And then what it allows them to do is allow you to take damage and discard those cards where you get a choice. What do I want to lose, right? The other part we should probably mention is that you have two squads. So you have a red squad and a purple squad. Yeah. And that was a really smart move to make it so that your clone troopers aren't overpowered because mm-hmm. you can you can exhaust them to add after the die roll, right? You've got input randomness, not output randomness, which is what makes Pandemic so good. Mm-hmm. And then you can now exhaust these cards to add to whatever your roll was, but you can only do red or purple. You can't do both. You can also share the cards and exhaust the cards that another player has, which brings in a phenomenal cooperative element and space, yeah. gives you uh-huh. reason to go to each other's spaces even in a two, I don't know what you want to call it, a two Jedi solo play, mm-hmm. you have a reason to think about why to have your two characters interact. Right. And yeah, it's just a change that works so well. It's so fun. It, it, it has a lot of flavor related to Star Wars or, mm-hmm. or battling in particular, right? It really allows for that. So uh, uh, do you want to just let, let flip that one to number three? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, that's my number three. That's fine. There you go. <laughs> uh, so the hand, so my number four, Brand's number three is the hand management. Uh, okay, so... Um, <laughs> it's getting a little chaotic. Five points, five points, people. Uh, okay, so my number three, and so we'll go to a little bit of difficulty I had. Uh, I'm going to call it the little bit of a tendency to couch potato. So you said before that like the, the trading of cards, right? So like, so that's a good thing because you have to coordinate getting together. Uh, and usually more times than not, you're getting together on that mission space. So I, you know, we we both yeah. need cards to, because uh, the way the missions work is that there's two of them active at a time and there's a marker that corresponds to one of the planets. So like, let's say you are going to planet Obadiah or something. Is that a, a planet Obadiah? That's not a planet. No, no, that's a biblical character. <laughs> it sounds right though, isn't it? <laughs> Thing. <laughs> okay, you go to Planet Obadiah. I'm gonna run with that. <laughs> planet of the Ewoks, good. Obadiah. And so, okay, so uh, the- that is Endor. Let's go with Endor, which is not in this game, but well, you can at least Naboo. Naboo is in this game. Okay, you go into Naboo. Naboo, there you go. Uh, so you putting the, you putting the uh, marker, the quest marker on Naboo, and so now there's like a I think of like a gravity, right? So in regular pandemic, the gravity pieces are like the treatment centers. Like you got to get to the treatment center with your cards, but in regular pandemic, you can go everywhere you want and and take care of all the fires, collect the cards while you're elsewhere doing the movement puzzle. And then you go to the treatment center, discard your cards, get your cure, and then leave in um, Clone Wars. And also in Lich King, Lich King was a little bit worse with this, but I think it's also a thing in Clone Wars. You go to that space, you're gathering your stuff, and if you miss the roll, which is possible, it's hard because of the mission thresholds are like, you know, six troops or six whatever, or seven whatever, sometimes even eight whatever. And your hand size is still seven. So you have to spend time drawing up those cards. Again, another capitated moment is like I've had turns where it's like, okay, I draw four cards. That's my turn. That sure. sucks. That, that I understand the strategic decision of that, but like that as a player experience, it's like that just feels like a, like I did something wrong, like I wasted a turn. So like okay, fine. Uh, so I so there's there's I catch Peter right there. Now I go to the mission spot and I have to bring my stuff. And sometimes you you have five cards <laughs> and it's like okay, I'm gonna give it a roll. 
and then you you play your you roll and you might miss. That's just the way that it happens. It's a D12. Not every side sure. has success. It's like usually like one success, zero success, two, or there's like one side with three. So let's say you need two successes to make And there some... are blanks. Oh, yeah, right. Zero. That's that's terrible. Uh or let's I mean, or I don't know, like let's say you you just can't because the game is pretty tight. The game is pulling a lot of directions, which is really good. Sometimes like, okay, I just have to make the mission work. Or like I'll go here and wait for somebody else to come here so that we can all contribute together. Uh, so the, the fact that there are moments in the game where you're just sitting there doing actions and it may not even feel very dynamic. I don't know. I, I just didn't love that. So, so something about the mission construction itself, needing so many cards, it being one spot on the board, that you just kind of like be at for a couple of turns combined with the cards. You have to sit there and draw cards if you, if you need to created some difficulty for me for as a pandemic player who's used to the movement puzzle who's used to banging around and you know pinballing around the board that's my fun so yeah. having a part of the, uh, that game that where it's not so fun difficult for me but uh, whatever that's my number three i think you're i generally do agree with your point i'll give a little bit of a counterpoint which is the ghost stories effect if you remember in ghost stories people right. would often complain i need to get four of these and i roll the dice and i get zero and the game's terrible i have to roll right. yeah because you're wasting your actions rolling dice trying to get a perfect roll <laughs> is not what you need to do here so like in your case what you're saying you're better to go there draw cards and let the other player move right. in and use your cards which to your point is right. So I don't even get a chance to roll the die because my odds are so low. So now I get a boring turn of, I need to just go here and be the, you know. The... And wait. <laughs> right, and just wait and for wait. you. So yeah, I, exactly. I definitely think you're right there. And this game. If you're playing two players, if you're playing two players, it might even happen because, you know, you're trying to get yeah, the board. So it's, 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 it's a weird it's a weird mix in the movement puzzle thing. And I don't let, I don't always enjoy what comes out. It, it's not, it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes yeah, you just yeah. go, you do your thing and you move on. But sometimes, uh, you know, the board state is such, uh, let's say the, the, one of the enemies got a lucky roll against you because sometimes the, you know, the enemy can attacks you and knocks out your cards. And it's like, okay, you were planning on having a whole bunch of cards, but the game state got rid of some of my cards. So it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> I, yeah I, it, it's it feels so crippling because like okay I, I there's nothing very very few things like there's event cards like you could draw more cards uh but there's very few things that help you that that make you avoid what i think is just a really boring core turn of draw a card i yeah. just don't think that is an exciting use of an action so it makes sense it's breaking from the pandemic formula of here's two free cards right <laughs> At the end of the turn, right? So my number two focuses on those missions. So okay. it's kind of dual layered. The first one is the difficulty is adjusted by the missions. And that's pretty boring. Like, so an easy game is you get two missions. I think three, actually. So there's two on the board. When you complete one, you put another one out. It's pretty easy with three missions overall, I would say. Then you can go to four, five, or six. And who's really stopping you from going to seven, eight, not right? Like, <laughs> whatever you want the difficulty to be. So that isn't a great way of adjusting difficulty, but it's a very sensible way of adjusting difficulty. So I think it's overall a negative to me. But my other point would be the missions themselves. And you kind of alluded to this. I, I wish the missions were more creative than they are. Mm. They are interesting in that it says you need to get these. Now you need to get these. Now you need to get these. And, and they tend to have an after effect, like everybody moves to this planet or you take damage or something. 
but it would be neat to see them be a little more cooperative. Like you need to be on this planet and this planet, right. even if they're neighboring right, right, and yeah. you need to, you know, stop whatever's going on or even like maybe an annoying fetch quest. Like you need to go to this planet, put a marker there, then come back to this planet. And now you could do something, you know? So that feels like it would make the missions a little more exciting. If there was kind of a two people working on it, nature rather than a roll the die or draw the right cards, nature to it. Mm -hmm. I think would make the missions more exciting if there was more flavor or a bigger bonus, make them perhaps more difficult, but give you a bigger bonus. Like everybody gets to fill their hand size to seven is ludicrous, but it would be awesome. Right. You'd be like, Oh my gosh, let's go for that. Let's all get there right. and, and do that one and give you some choice. So, right. That's my uh, number so two, the missions. <clears throat> my number two is related, uh, which is <laughs> the sense of, well, I mean, the sense of pop, right? So, I can understand that people didn't love uh, Wrath of Lich King for various reasons. Mostly having to do with the quest. Like they, the the quests were very stationary, and you go yeah. there and you you know you play cards, play cards, roll, roll, play cards, play cards. Often, you know, three or four turns that you're like at a place, and then you move on. Uh, and then the, the the final boss is stationary. So the this game mixed that up a little bit. But what World of Warcraft did well uh, was a lot of the characters, you know, zombies would flood the board. And then a lot of characters had the ability to just like murder 12. <laughs> just, it was just completely turn the board around. And this right. happened multiple times per game. So like you could like every, in every pandemic game, you get your event card, your event card can do like an awesome thing. Uh, and I felt like Wrathless King did a great job through the events because whenever you completed a quest, you got an event card. And so that right. there's that pop. Right. So it's like, it's like I, I got my event card. I got my powers lined up. Boom, 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 boom. I, have completely changed the board that's awesome that that is what an adventure game should give me pandemic's not an adventure game so it's very kind of static and well, not static but like you know the system is tight um world of warcraft i felt like played with that and gave you that sense of elasticity i wanted that from clone wars i want like just to your point i wanted a little bit more of that for i wanted yeah. that that sense of like okay i I'm in one, I'm one with the force here over here. I got I'm wielding two lightsabers. I, like this is not <laughs> I'm not playing chess over here. I want to be like a, a you know crazy awesome superhero. Although tell me if the uh, the cartoon does this or the 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 lore does this. So if the lore doesn't do this, then that's fine. But if I'm like a, a hero, then being able to put string together those pop moments, whether it's I've completed a mission, I get everybody draws seven cards, just like you said, and then we can kind of get an extra turn or, uh, you know, scry the, the the villain deck or the villains all run away or even like, you know, the villains kind of all come back, you know, and then, but you have this extra thing that you can beat the villains with. So it just, it didn't, I felt like the, like for an adventure, like space opera romp, it, it felt pretty kind of back to regular pandemic stuff. Yeah. So does the hero or do the heroes in the Clone Wars have those kind of heroic, I'm going to kill a bunch of things moments, or is it more like the plucky, scrappy, barely stay alive type paradigm? So I do, I do think it actually plays a little bit into like the, the Republic Jedi who is like their sworn duty to protect the Republic. Right. So they're just, they're just told, go here, do this mission, get it done, come back home. Like, it's more like a day's work. Whereas if you look at, like, you know, Luke, and he's discovering that he can use the Force, and he's discovering people using the Force, and he's able to blow up a Death Star. Like, you know what I mean? 
Luke has all those moments. Those movie, the original trilogy, has all those mm. moments of like we're gonna rescue a princess and blow up a pl- a Death Star, and right, we're gonna right, befriend right, yeah. Ewoks and and hit stuff with logs, like and it's gonna yeah, work we're gonna out have perfectly giant every time. L fighters and Q fighters and the yeah, letter exactly. fighters and whatever. But the Republic definitely has more of that, and the show has those episodes of like we have to do this, and then there's like a moral for each episode, right? And it's got mm. a little bit more of that sense of duty. So in that sense, it does make sense. Like your mission is to go here, complete it, and then go here and complete this mission, and then go here and complete this mission. They don't have as much of that pop to them because, I, like I said, I, that's the word that keeps coming back to me is that sense of duty. So yeah, it probably I, I, does fit in with the theme when you're kind of describing it to me, but for a yeah. game, it would be fun to have a little bit more pizzazz there. Yeah, I, I, so like the difference between like a movie and a TV show, right? So we're just like a movie, you're, you need to have the slams and the bangs and all that kind of thing. Uh, uh, a procedural TV show, it's like, okay, a mission of the week, mission of the week, mission of the week. I, you know, so I understand the paradigm, like wanted to kind of smooth things out a little bit. Let's just let's do our missions. But the missions, A, are pretty stationary. They're not that dynamic. I would love what you what you recommend that I'm like, okay, two people on this place or wipe out four droids. Or something along those lines, right, right, right. Like because that folds in. I I assume that folds in. That better fold in. You better destroy yeah, four for droids sure. at once in a card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in one of the episodes or something like that. Oh, absolutely, definitely. Right. So uh, okay, so that's, so that's my number two. Uh, it is a criticism. Uh, so I actually it was my number four or five, but I moved it up to move things around. But, oh, whatever. I rule okay. it warranted. It's a warranted criticism. <laughs> Get me. Uh, give me your number one, my friend. All right, my number one should probably be my number five. But no, I think it should be the number one, which is, for some reason, this is just fun in a box. Like, that's just what I want to get to. My very first game of this was with a seven-year-old Star Wars fan. And you Mm -hmm. know what we did? We had a ton of fun. When I taught it at the 24-Hour Gaming, which is where I also taught it to you, people Mm -hmm. said, I love Star Wars. Is this game fun? I said, yes. And they walked away and said, I had fun. Mm -hmm. So... Despite all those criticisms, trying to weigh it out versus Pandemic, versus Wrath of the Lich King, versus this, definitely if you're a Star Wars fan, there's no doubt you're going to have fun. I love the die roll. Like, it's just fun to be able to roll a die when you're doing battling and and see what happens and and taking damage. The theme, the playing with different Jedis, the switching out villains, um, all those kind of things, they're just great. Like, it's fun to play with a family or with kids or with Star Wars fans. Like, it's definitely going to be a hit there pandemic fans i don't know right Mm -hmm. their mileage is going to vary i still iberia is my favorite pandemic and it's probably like the the crunchiest of them or whatever right it's the mechanical most mechanical of them yeah so Mm -hmm. you know there's that piece uh and whatnot but man i just had so much fun and i that's the thing i want to convey did i find it one of my favorite games i've played this year i didn't but if somebody said, hey, do you want to knock this out? I'd be like, absolutely, let's play, you know? So I'm looking forward to playing it, even if I don't think on it highly. Like, oh, this is this is amazing. Um, mm. It's just fun in a box. It brings me back to when Star Wars was just fun. Now there's so much harping <laughs> on Star Wars and being like, the prequels are bad, the sequels are bad, the, right, this right. show is yeah. good, this is what we're supposed to do. Blah blah blah. Like, there's just so much arguing about Star Wars and what Gina Carano said. What? (laughs) And it's like this is just fun. Like, this is just fun Star Wars. Um, and it it does really capture the show well, which Mm -hmm. which took me back to watching this show. So, that's my number one. So this is why I wanted to reach out to a Star Wars fan to talk about the Clone Wars, uh, this game. 
So what would you consider your level of fandom to be at? Would you consider yourself mega fan, uh, a solid fan? Like where, where are you in that like spectrum over there? I would say I was a mega fan of Star mm. Wars and I probably am sliding towards solid fan. Not to slide away. I mean, I've played the games. I know the names of characters that walk on screen and off screen. So that pretty much puts me into the the mega category, I would think. If you see um, a FET, you know which FET that the, that it is. I, okay, good. I know the two FETs, yes. I can <laughs> tell a two? FET from a FET. Yeah. <laughs> there's only two? Dango and Boba. <laughs> oh, there's only there's room for growth there. We, we need more FETs. Uh, okay, so uh, I am not a Star Wars fan. So my number one point, this was always going to be a number one point, um, is the audience for this game. I am not the audience for this game. I bought it because I'm a pandemic fanboy. In terms of sure. mega fan, <laughs> mega fan of, pan, of pandemic systems. Uh, so I'm not a Star Wars fan. Uh, this game, I would say that, I mean, the, the, the pandemic-iness of this game, it's a pandemic game. You know, I don't think they alter the um, the formula too much. Uh, I think you know anybody, any fan that that any person that plays Pandemic is gonna like either like it or not like it. Like when we played the twenty four hour day, we play with uh, one of our friends, Jose. He is not a cooperative game fan. He is not right. like, and he's like, oh, okay, that was fine, but I guess, and it was only fine. It was only fine because we're Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason. So this, like, so I am coming at it from a Pandemic fan. You know, coming into the Clone Wars, okay, what's what's here? For me, there wasn't a ton. Like the the hand management was the thing for me. The villain, absolutely. The, the villain stuff was okay. Uh, the mission stuff I had difficulty with. The hand management I was cool with. Um, but that that's like one part of the game. I don't know that this game offers a ton for me as a pandemic person. I only got it because a I had store credit at another store, and b I'm a pandemic fan. Um, if you are a Star Wars fan, this game is why not? You know, uh, so I would be eager to know, like, hear from more Star Wars fans. I actually heard this uh, uh, person from, I think, the one who does three minute board games um, is such a Star Wars fan that they actually did not like this game. They felt like the pandemic system was too much of a straitjacket mm. on, you know, because they, I guess, they have a, a an idea of what the the hero should act like, the villain should act like. And within the pandemic bounds, it didn't feel natural to them. So because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Count Dooku is supposed to be this political operator all over the place. And in this game, he's a figure that moves one every turn. Yeah. You know, or, you know, so, uh, some of the other things. So it's like, you know, the arc of pandemic is like they pandemic was never meant to be a game that kind of culminated in a boss fight. So the boss fights in every pandemic game are always going to be a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like do the same thing you did, <laughs> just more more numbers. So and and an adventure game like they, they, there's going to be a culmination there. Like it's going to really feel like you did something. Uh, so, I, so I think that a really mega fan might be like, okay, they have so much fidelity to like the original that the system might not do its service. But if you're kind of a step down and you're interested in just the fun of it, I think this game is going to hit that sweet spot. What do you think of that? No, I think that's dead on. And and as far as Star Wars goes, if they could have picked any era of Star Wars, if you want to go by that by now, like the Clone Wars is the number one that lines up with Pandemic because it's just constantly, especially the show. The show is where you really see it. It's like every episode, we got to go to this planet because these two people are at odds with each other. And oh, wouldn't you know it, the Separatist army is behind it. And there's 
battle droids. We got to take down these droids. Oh, now we got to go over here. We got to get them. Oh, we're sending. I mean, literally, those shows were like, we're sending people in three different directions, right? Mm, Which is exactly mm. what you're doing in Pandemic. So I can see what that person is kind of saying. But mm. like, boy, when you're talking about Clone Wars, this, I mean, it fits pretty well <laughs> okay, to me yeah. and for what's happening there. Um, yeah. But I, again, I just go back to that. It. It's like, I don't know. It's just fun. Like, and I just always think that's an important part. It's not a good quantitative thing as a reviewer, you know, or qualitative thing either, I guess. But to me, it's just part of gaming, right? Like, yeah, no, I really, there was some intangible fun quality to it, which probably for me is that I'm a Star Wars fan. I have, I have definitely had the experience of, uh, you know, I'll give like a multiple cons to a game. There's this issue. There's this issue. There's right, right, right. And then my number one is like, okay, but this game is freaking fun. Play it. <laughs> and, and, Cause it's great, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's a total point. That's why I wanted to put it to my number one. Cause I wanted to kind of communicate whose fun is this? So yeah. if you're, if your fun is as a pandemic fan, okay. I got a lot of pandemic in my life. I, did this game really add that much? Only for a mega fan like me, does it? I don't. I think this is kind of skillful if you if you're looking for pandemicness out of that. But if you're a Star Wars fan, or may, maybe this is your first pandemic game, because that's that. I think when I was talking to the designer, like I think that really was their audience. So like every for new sure. one of these is most probably going to land with somebody who's not played pandemic before. And so okay, we're using this awesome system. What can we do with this awesome system to kind of like open up? the system to people who are fans of the IP. And so they saw it with Lich King. You know, they they got a whole bunch of people who who remember that or who know the, uh, like the World of Warcraft E thing, and they got them playing. Clone Wars has a chance to do the same thing. And I see it all over. I see it in Target. Now now that the uh, exclusive period is over, I see it all over the place now. Yeah. And there it is. And I, I have a feeling it's just going to, you know, kind of keep on going. So, uh, it's it is fun, and so just as long as you know what fun, as long as you know where your fun is, I think that Star Wars could be a, a good pickup. Yep, and it fits right in that like you know, grab your kids, whatever, play right after dinner. It fits in that time right. frame too. It's right. shorter than regular pandemic even. So I think I think they definitely were aiming this. You know, it, it takes away some of those strategic elements, I guess, but it's just it's just replacing them with some of that joy of you know of being a Jedi. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say you're replacing this. I I, I would say like the dice, right? Yeah. So I think the dice do a lot to inspire somebody to say, "All right, f it, I'm gonna go for it." <laughs> right. You know, it's like okay, I, in pandemic, you have to like okay, oh, there I is that. I have, I have four, I'll hand to four cards. I really need my fifth card. You go here, you go here. I'm going to try for this. And, you know, what's in the discard pile? I'm going to try and like try to get that fifth card. Here, it's like, I, I don't have the, the exactly what I would want to go. I'm just going to go and <laughs> see if it works out. Uh, so it kind of frees you in a, in a certain way uh, because there is that variability and that randomness and that kind of thing. So that's a case, that was a case for the randomness. I had a, I had a problem with it. But I guess I'm coming at it from a different perspective. But yeah, I think that you know I could definitely recommend it. Brand is in, you know, it, it, he didn't you didn't have to teach it. But you were just like, we're playing this now, and you don't just do that, <laughs> right? You, like you 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 have a thousand games on your shelf in the portal. You chose to play this game not because it's yep. new, but because you had a good time with it. And we did. We had a really good time. Absolutely, yeah. And I could play it twice in a row. 
I did when I, when I bought it. I'm like, okay, I, I was I, I played three times in a row. Actually, I wanted to play the different iterations of the bosses. I could play it four times in a row. Oh, I thought we were one upping each other. <laughs> you can play for there's four bosses. So you can play four times. There in you a row. go. Exactly. Yeah, there's four villains. I can play Little it four campaign times there. In a row. <laughs> nice. uh, so Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Uh, hopefully, uh, we have given you enough information to see if it is a uh, worthy part of your gaming collection. It is in my gaming collection because I'm a pandemic fan. It is in Brand's collection because he is a Star Wars fan. Uh, so there is a goodness to be had if you are coming at it from either of these perspectives. Uh, all right, Brand, uh, I know you gave a promo last time, but we can't give promo enough. Give me some more promo for what you're doing. Sure. You can uh, check us out on Step Into the Portal on YouTube. Uh, do a lot of live plays of games. Did a live play of Star Wars The Clone Wars on there, uh, the pandemic one. Uh, and other games. And also the Portal Gaming Podcast. You can hear reviews and other things as well. We can change your mind, we can change the world, people. So until next time, play everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list.